Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson. We're with you this afternoon for another edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us along the Super Talk Network, wherever you're tuned in online. Uh, welcome to another show. Going to be talking about Southern Miss's very nice midweek win in New Orleans last night, a little later in the program. We're about to bring on a former great pitcher for the Golden Eagles, who's now been one of the most successful junior college baseball coaches in Mississippi. Mark Carson will be joining us in just a moment. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, and I uh, want to thank you them for their support, remind you about their delicious food they cook seven days a week. Best brisket around, Kelly Sander. And uh, they can cater any event for you, large or small. So uh, next time you want a good meal or you need something special catered, Make sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue. Eagle Hour will be doing us a portion of the show tomorrow from Wally Forestry in Ellisville. We're going to have Mason Strickland on the show, a great name in uh, Southern Miss Baseball, so we look forward to that. Another great name in Southern Miss Baseball is Mark Carson. He pitched for the Golden Eagles for two years, 18-5 and record over two years, 11-2 and his senior season, which I believe is still the second most single wins in a season uh, for a pitcher, Mark Carson has uh, gone on to become one of the great junior college baseball coaches uh, in Mississippi. He coaches Northwest Mississippi Community College, where at the start of this year, he had won 453 games, was 239 and 120 against division and conference opponents. And I'm sure he's added to that uh, since the start of the season. Uh, Coach Carson, welcome back to the Eagle Hour and thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Uh, looking forward to talking with you guys. What a great career but up at Northwest. Uh, 453 wins uh, to start the season. Uh, I, I know you've influenced a lot of young men in your life. What, what's been the key to such great success, Coach? Well, I appreciate that. It, it is, uh, you know, Northwest has always been home to me, and uh, I'm, I'm from this area, and I always said when I when I came to Hattiesburg, I was a North Mississippi transplant down there, and uh, but it was you know Northwest has always been home, and it's been good to me, and and uh, guys, hard hard to believe I've been here 25 years, but you know I, I don't know I I think uh, you know stability in a program, uh, the longevity, and I've been fortunate to be here a long time, and you know the longer you're in a program, I think I think there's a lot of trust that goes along with it with families and kids and parents and. So, I, you know, I credit that uh, to a lot of the success we've had is that, you know, that I've always told recruits uh, this is this is probably where they'll bury me and uh, either I'll retire one of the two because I, I've always loved this place and really wanted to be here. And I, and I think that means a lot for kids and families in the recruiting process. Interesting you say that because we've, we've talked a lot about the success of the Southern Miss baseball program and one thing we believe has really contributed to the success is you've really only had three coaches in, what, the yep. last 30 years in Southern Miss baseball. Don't, don't you think that uh, 
has a lot to do with the success they've enjoyed? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And I think, you know, looking back on it, Coach Denson and I have had this talk before. I think one of the, the biggest things that I'm always very prideful of is that I kind of came in on the ground level. Um, the year they recruited me and the year I came in in 1990, well, I came in the fall of 89, spring of 90 was my first season. You know, that was the year they built the stadium. And and I can remember on when I came down to visit, they literally had that one little black press box building that sat right behind a home plate and basically high school bleachers. And that was the, the surface itself was really nice, was impressive. But, you know, that was the year they built the stadium. And, and so for what Hill did, getting that going, and then Corky following in and now Scott, I mean, it, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about that because, you know, people want stability. I mean, they want that in their, in their career, and they like to know that, you know, the, this program was built on principles. It was built on this work ethic. It was built on, you know, these what we believe is to be uh, what we want to establish as our guidelines. And, and I think that when people stay there a long time, they're having success with it, obviously, and it means a lot to recruits. Well, you talk about stability, Coach Carson. One guy you can't seem to get rid of was your college roommate, who is now your assistant coach at Northwest at uh, Northwest Community <laughs> College, Billy Selby, who in his own right was a great player with the in the Red Sox and Indians organization. Now he's an assistant coach with you at Northwest. Your third roommate at yep. Southern Miss was a guy by the name of Hugh Freeze, who was the best man at your wedding. And Hugh Freeze, a lot That's of people great. don't realize, started out as a baseball player at Southern Miss. That's right. You know, Bill and I, you know, they're talking about Bill. Yeah, you know, Bill and I go way back. You know, we, we played, we grew up playing baseball. Well, he, Hugh, and I, all three of us, I mean, we all grew up, we're the same age, basically. I think I'm a year ahead of those guys. But, you know, we all grew up, our dad's coach, Connie Mack. We all grew up playing in the same leagues, uh, in the county leagues and that type of stuff up here in North Mississippi. And, of course, uh, Bill was a, a Horn Lake guy, and Hugh and I were from Independence. And, you know, so we always butted heads and, and got to know each other in summer ball, which, you know, so many kids do, and uh, just kind of just really liked each other. We've always had a really good relationship. And, of course, Bill ended up at Southern Miss with us, and Hugh came down as well. And, and uh, man, Bill, you know, I, I followed Bill through his pro career. We always kind of had a running joke with each other that we both wanted to go back to Northwest. We both played there. It was home. And we always kind of had this little under-the-table deal that, all right, look, whoever gets the head job, they got to hire the other one. <laughs> so, you know, Bill, Bill, of course, had, had such a successful professional career. And, you know, he was, he was knee-deep in professional baseball while I was cutting my teeth and coaching high school at Briarcrest there in Memphis. And then eventually got a chance to go back to Northwest and be an assistant under Donnie Castle and, and Jim Miles there. And so, you know, it really worked out well that Bill's retirement and pro Pro baseball was about the time I took over as the head coach, and that that just could not have worked out any better. And uh, so, but yeah, you know, having Hugh there at Southern Miss, we we both it's 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 really strange when I tell the story because my wife and I dated six years through high school, junior college, college, and we were all three big buddies in high school. And then when we went to Southern Miss, I actually introduced him to Jill. Jill and I were both math majors, and had the same classes, and, and, of course, she played softball and soccer, was a two-sport athlete there at Southern Miss. And so we knew each other prior to Hugh transferring down, and I introduced those guys, and uh, I believe in a calculus class. And the uh, next thing I know, they're sitting beside each other, and here we are, you know, 32 years later, <laughs> still talking about it. And, but it's, and, uh, and Coach, the, yeah, truth it, is, it the truth is, Hill Denson 
cut Hugh Freeze from the baseball team. Is that not right? Yeah, he did. He always <laughs> talks about that. He always laughs about it. He he sent um, when he was cleaning out. This is so funny. When he was cleaning out his office, I believe at Southern Miss or Bellhaven, he sent Selby and I a text, and it had literally a screenshot picture that he had taken of our time when we were running the 60-yard dash during workouts that first fall, we were all there. And he sent us all a text. He said, it's amazing that I kept any of you clowns as bad of runners as y'all were. <laughs> and uh, and Selby sent, sent him one back, and he said, hey, did you ever clock me when I was running around the bases those 23 times, those 23 home runs? I <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very important how fast you, you ran then, huh? That's yeah. It. yeah, Bill got it. He got his digs in with him and said, hey, you know what? When you hit it over the, into the right field roost, you don't have to run very far. <laughs> right. Hey, Luke, get in here with uh, Coach Mark Carson. Hey, Coach, uh, thanks for coming on today. I was looking back at, at some of uh, you know your feats at, at Southern Miss and second all-time in, uh, in most season wins. And this is the one that really stood out to me was uh, you're tied for 10th all-time, 75% winning percentage in your two years at Southern yeah. Miss. That, that's very impressive considering the amount of quality pitchers that have come through the program. I appreciate that. It was a, it, it was a, it was a. Di- I tell people all the time, it was a different era uh, when I pitched there. You did not have so much of the setup game. You didn't. Of course, you had your closers, but the bullpen did not play such a role uh, back then. There was not such a focus on pitch counts and and some of the things that now that have kind of taken over the game of pitching. And you know, a lot of people. I, I have uh, Corky Palmer used to pick on me all the time. Said, "Man, how did you have so many decisions and so many?" I don't know how many complete games it was. I said, well, that's just, that's just what you did. I mean, you just went out there and pitched. And, and I've always said my success there was so uh, dependent on how good we were offensively because those two years, defensively and offensively, we were really, really good. I mean, and I, and I think back to Scotty Jurich and Brent Covington in the middle, and I, and I don't know the records on this. I, I haven't looked it up or done my homework, but, you know, I think we were way up there in the country in terms of double play balls and double plays turned. And, of course, you had a guy named Kevin Young there that played 13 years in the big leagues with the Pirates. And, you know, when those guys are putting up runs for you and then, you know, Selby comes in the next year and has the year he has, when those guys are scoring like that, I, I tell people a lot of times it was it was kind of easy. I mean, I was a strike thrower. I didn't I didn't have just a blazing fastball. And, you know, back then, I mean, I was an upper 80 might touch a 90 every once in a while, but I had a really good breaking ball and felt like I could throw strikes with my eyes closed. Not that I did, but I felt like I could. And it was kind of it was kind of easy doing it because those guys were going to score eight or nine runs a game. All right, we're talking to Mark Carson, head baseball coach at Northwest Mississippi Community College, one of the great Southern Miss pitchers in uh, USM baseball history. We're going to continue our conversation with Coach Carson right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. And that's where you go to get your Southern Miss apparel six days a week on Hardy Street. You can shop them online anytime 
at the campusbookmark.net. We're talking to Mark Carson, who's the uh, head baseball coach uh, at Northwest Mississippi Community College, former great pitcher for Southern Miss Baseball. Uh, coach, we were talking to you about Hill Denson uh, off the air. He's clearly one of our favorite people on this radio show. And I was telling you that uh, we had a, a, a picture of his one time on the show tell us that that Coach Denson made him throw in excess of 150 pitches in a game, and that was pretty common. And I asked Coach Denson about that, and he just smiled and told me he didn't remember anything like that. You told us a great story about one night you're pitching at Tulane and uh, involved Coach Denson. Do you mind uh, repeating that for our listeners? No, it was the, it was the same time. We were actually playing at home, and um, and I was pitching, and, and, I, and I want to say it was around the eighth inning, and maybe in the top of the ninth, but it was around the eighth or ninth inning, and I, I had been out there forever, and it, it had pitched pretty well. I, I think we were up 5-2 or somewhere along those lines, and and I think I walked the leadoff hitter. And, uh, you know, and here he comes up the dugout steps. And as he's walking toward me, you know, I'm kind of looking toward the bullpen. And I looked down there, and there was nobody getting loose. And uh, I kept looking at it. And he finally got out there, and he looked at me. And I was kind of staring at the bullpen. And he finally looked at me, and he said, hey, why are you looking down there? He said, there's nobody coming in. This is your show. And so, anyway, he said, I just came out here to let you catch a breath. <laughs> and so that's the way he was. I mean, he, he hung in there with you. Now, I will say this. My, my last year – we had Tony Phillips and Mark Kubicki at the back end, and those guys were incredible. Some of you know, y'all had asked me earlier about my success. Man, we had those two guys that finished games for us, and of course, both of them ended up drafted and playing professional baseball. They were really good on the back end, and I, I think led the country and saved that year. And uh, so, I, I can't, I can't say that we didn't have a back end that was good because boy, that last year they were outstanding. Mark Carson, there's one story I hear tell that you had beaten Mississippi State in Starkville. You were doing your post-game press conference with John Cox. Coach Ron Polk at the time was finishing up with the Mississippi State crew. And I say this very tongue-in-cheek, but Ron Polk had the audacity to question you about the way you pitched (laughs) when you had just beaten Mississippi State. But it's kind of a funny story, I think. It it is. We had gone up there in a midweek game, and – and, you know, back there was a couple times where I made a start in a midweek because it was my bullpen day. It was my day to kind of throw and stretch my arm back out. And, and so we go to start bowling, and instead of me throwing in the bullpen, you know, we we threw our guys in like, uh, you know, so many innings and that kind of deal. And, and I pitched really well, and I went a little bit further than I think they had planned on it, but I had thrown fewer pitches, you know, and that type deal. And so – uh, so I go up, we're doing the, the post-game show, and, and he finishes up with Jim Ellis, and, and he comes out, and we literally meet in the hallway. And I had known Coach Polk. He recruited me a little bit. We knew each other um, a, a little bit. And so he looks at me, and he says, man, can I, can I give you some constructive criticism, and you take it the right way? And I said, well, sure. And he said, look, man, you throw way too many strikes. <laughs> and I just I, – I looked at him. I, had, I mean, you know, my whole life I had been screamed at throw strikes, throw strikes, throw strikes. And he looked at me and said that, and I looked it back at him, and I said, Coach, I have, I have been told a lot of things. I don't run very well. I'm not very athletic. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm slow at this. I said, but I have never been told that I throw too many strikes. He said, well, you do. He said, I mean, our guys walk in there, and our scouting report against you was, man, just go in there and let it fly because he's going to be right around the strike zone with everything. And he said, there's no fear in a hitter whatsoever when they face you. He said, so you need to just fire one behind somebody's head every once in a while and look around like, man, I just, I just don't know where it's going. 
I don't know if I ever used his advice or not, but I've always Fire remembered that. Her. I thought, huh? Fire one behind their head, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you might have been slow, but apparently you weren't as slow as Hugh Freeze. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Luke, back in here with uh, Coach Carson. Coach, uh, Southern Miss on their roster this year, several guys from uh, community college. Just talk about baseball in the state of Mississippi, very unique, very few states probably other than uh, maybe maybe Texas, maybe Florida, don't have uh, or nobody else really has what Mississippi has. And talk about the, uh, the Mississippi Community College baseball system and network, about how it just contributes to how much college baseball is held in high regard in this state. And no doubt, you know, I have said this many times that that junior college baseball in the state of Mississippi, this region is the best, I think the best junior college region top to bottom in the country. Now, now there are probably better teams in the country, but as far as the the consistency of the league is really, really good. And I I think that's a tribute to high school coaches and really good high school programs, especially, you know, down south, you guys are there. But you look at how many guys are in the league throughout on the rosters at Mississippi State, at Ole Miss, at at Southern Miss, at at William Carey, and you just name every Delta State, name every school in the, in the state, and they're just flooded with those JUCO guys. And you know, I think that says so much for our league and so much how it has really improved in terms of the development. And you know, and I've always said as a junior college coach, and I think this is one thing that has kept me in this league for so long, is that. It's all about development. And if you're not really bought into developing a young man in terms of academically, athletically, getting bigger and stronger, and just giving him opportunities, if you're really not invested into that, you're probably not going to last very long in this league as a coach. And I, and I think that's one thing we've done a really nice job with at Northwest is trying to really help guys get from point A to point B uh, where they couldn't have got there out of high school due to their whatever it is, their size, strength, uh, their ability at the time. But, you know, last year I, w- I was so proud, you know, uh, when we had those guys. We had three guys on the roster at Mississippi State, and two of those guys that, that won the ball game against Texas were our guys. You know, Bra- Braylon Skinner stole the base, Tanner Leggett drives him in, and Mississippi State goes to the national championship. It, it was a cool night to watch two of my former guys on the national stage. And, and then you look at Preston Johnson from Hines. You know, he was the one pitched a huge ball game in the World Series for him, and and Hootie, you know, the left-handed pitcher from Mittawamba that was so good for him. And and I could say the same thing for Scott and him down there and for Coach Bianco at Ole Miss. I mean, there's so many of them that are, that are just uh, on their rosters that contribute. And, uh, you know, the, the relationships we have with those guys are really, really good. I mean, you know, yesterday before our game with East Mississippi, I mean, I was on the phone texting with, uh, with, with, with Southern Miss and Mississippi State about some guys in our league. Not necessarily our players, but hey, have you seen this guy at such and such school? What do you think about him? And and that's one thing too, you know, when you're in a, when you've been in it so long, and you've kind of established the credibility of hey, this guy's going to tell us the truth about a player. He's not going to tell us what we want to hear. He's going to tell us the facts. I, I think that that goes a long way too, and that's helped a lot. But it's yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the junior college, the thumbprint that we have on all the programs throughout the state, I, I think, is really a credit to our coaches and our teams and our league. And really, coach, t- just, coach, just remember when uh, Lamonis and Bianco come calling. Just remember, you you bleed black and gold, okay, on those good players. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I, you know they they get on me about that every once in a while. You know, if one shows up somewhere, they're like, "Hey, what are you doing? I mean, why why did you not tell us about this guy?" <laughs> Actually, two of the hottest guys probably on the Southern Miss roster right now, uh, Reese Ewing 
played it at Pearl River. Yeah. No question. And Landon, right. Landon Harper out of the bullpen, he's okay. No question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are great kids, yeah. uh, Coach. And uh, throughout throughout the history of Southern Miss, I mean, they're, they're no different than Mississippi State or – or Ole Miss, yep. some, some of their great players have, have made their way here uh, through junior colleges. Yeah, that's right. It's been a great avenue for. I mean, it was you know it was what it was what worked for me. It was, if you look at at Bill and and his success there, we all I think we all have those dreams of wanting to play Division One baseball out of high school. For both of us, it just really didn't work out. And you know, in junior college was a chance that got us on the field quicker. That 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 helped us develop. And so I mean. Junior college was a great route for me. I, I, I tell that all the time when I'm, I'm recruiting kids is that it had it not been for junior college baseball, I never would have enjoyed the career I had there at Southern Miss. Yeah, and well, one thing, Bob and, and Luke, you really have to feel sorry for one guy that it did not work out for. because you That would be Coach Freeze, yeah. yeah. I don't know how he's making it now. I, I don't either. You don't know where his next meal's coming from. Coach, is it true that the Hill Denson said he had seen glaciers that could move faster than Hugh Freeze? <laughs> I don't. I can't say that he said that to me, but that does sound like a Hill Denson statement. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be a bit surprised, would you? Yeah, Denson says that Hugh Freeze no. owes him millions because if he hadn't yeah. cut him, he'd probably be making yeah. forty thousand coaching baseball. Okay, so just to clarify, since Coach told me he didn't ever remember doing this, he did let guys throw one hundred and fifty pitches in a game. Is that is that correct, Coach? I'm gonna say that that one's probably correct. <laughs> Hey, Coach, great conversation. Uh, congratulations on a stellar coaching career, and uh, we appreciate Thanks. you taking the time to talk to us, sir. Man, I appreciate you guys having me, and, uh, man, I always love keeping up with Southern Miss. It's always, I told my wife last week when we came down to play Pearl River, I, I called her. I, I was out on Hardy Street, and, and uh, you know, just back in the community, we stayed in Hattiesburg when we played Pearl River, and I told her, I said, you know, I said, it almost feels like, We've never left because she was a student down there as well. Right, and uh, she stayed three years. Well, she was there four years. I was there two years, and that's what I told her. I said, "This will always, in my heart, feel like home." I said, it "Just feels like I, I." I took myself to Shipley's Donuts. I'm I'm supposed to be on a diet, but I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't resist. I had to go to the old Hardy Street. Yeah, get, uh, get in line, Donuts, Coach. And, get in line. Yeah. Hey, man, I'll tell you that thing. But they're they're still as good as they were 31 years ago. I promise you. But yeah, it, it's home. It's a nice place. And, so I appreciate you guys having me. Good good reliving some good memories. Our pleasure, Coach. Coach Mark Carson, everybody. Legendary coach at Northwest Mississippi Community College. Southern Miss won a big midweek baseball game last night. We've got some updated information on the basketball transfer portal, which may be the busiest business in America right now. Uh, lots more. We hope you'll stick around for more Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Great interview with Coach Mark Carson. We really appreciate his time on the Eagle Hour. That was a fun reminiscing with him. This segment of the show is sponsored by Fourth Street Bar and Grill. I guess the basketball games kick off tonight. Is that correct? Well, I guarantee you they'll be on all the screens at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. The Golden Eagles all weekend against Western Kentucky. Great food. I'm sure they have a wonderful lunch tomorrow. And I still say, I still say the best shrimp poor boys in the Pine Belt. That's where you find them at 4th Street. Oh, and you, you've made the celebrity endorsement of Catfish Fridays as well. 
It's absolutely yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. There's no question. Southern Miss hit three home runs last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, and Isaiah, Isaiah Rhodes threw four and two-thirds really great relief innings. The Golden Eagles rallied to defeat the New Orleans. I thought it was a really good midweek win yesterday, 12-8. to They were behind uh, fairly significantly at one time. Uh, Rhodes entered the game. It was tied 6-6. to He goes four scoreless innings. And that allowed the Golden Eagles to take over uh, as their bats really began to turn on the second half of the game. And probably not as close as it indicates. It was 12-6 to with two outs at the bottom of the ninth when they got a couple of late hits. It really didn't matter. And then uh, I thought <laughs> I thought it was really kind of cool. They, they were down to uh, one out to end the game. And uh, so they stopped the game. They brought in Landon Harper. Who I just think has been a dog out of the out of the bullpen. He throws one pitch ball game over. It's kind of like he looked around and said, "Anything else I can do to help guys?" <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really strained myself with one pitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, this this year the midweek performance of the baseball team is markedly better than it's been in past years. Yeah, and some of that, like last night, like New Orleans, pretty good club. RPI is at 103. Or I think it was 101 going into that game, and. You know, we have seen this team with the ability to rally back. They did it in the Friday night game against uh, against FAU. They were actually down 6-3 to three at one point. Lived off the long ball a few times, had three home runs last night. What, what frustrated me is, um, and it was his first start of the season, I wanted to see a little more out of Weehunt. Um, had, a, had a decent, you know, first inning, gave up one run, then got really shelled in, in, the, in the second. Etheridge came in, but... You want to talk about the bullpen taking up. Rhodes comes in, strikes out eight, four and two-thirds innings. He threw 66 pitches is probably what you want out of your uh, your midweek starter. But I think what we've seen in the midweeks are um, kind of a combination of a, a, a deeper bullpen in the sense that you can throw a Stewart or early in the season, guys, I mean, we had one of the best pitchers in the country. I mean, what, what Tanner Hall did back to back weeks against Tulane and Mississippi State is extremely hard to do, you know, even, even on a weekend when you're facing the same lineup. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think so, a few of these teams down the stretch may have proved to be, uh, a, a tad easier than maybe we had looked at going in, not all of them. At the same token, when really the only time you didn't show up, uh, so far this season is in a, you know, sweep of a weekend of the team that's the number one RPI in the country. So, Golden Eagles in good shape. Uh, Kelly and I really talked up Slade Wilkes early in the year. We really liked what we saw from that kid last year, even though he hit like a buck fifty last year. But he goes off and, and plays summer ball all year, Kelly, and he's a completely different hitter. And it was interesting what you told me. Uh, the the coaches that he was probably around that a lot of those are minor league. Hitting instructors, yeah, and instructors of, of various, uh, usually, you know, and they'll have relationships. And a lot of those kids have to be invited to go up to some of these leagues. And the major leagues themselves, lots of times, will extend the invitation, so to speak, because they look at a kid as a potential draft pick, you know, later on. So it's a chance to get to to see them. And and Slade did, you know, got to work with some of those uh, instructors up there. And and he he certainly not only. After being in the league a year, you kind of know a little bit more what to expect. But with mechanics, you learn about yourself, and he's he's clearly he's a better. Good looking hitter, man. A yeah. good look. Christopher Sargent kind of coming out of a slump, 
you know, he's really hit the ball a lot better in the last few weeks and, and, and a few games. And that's a big deal there because he's a power hitter, a big plug into the lineup. The one I continue to worry a little bit about, Luke, is uh, I never thought I'd say this, but Gabe Montenegro, he's uh, hitting a little bit better, but he's just not hitting at the pace we've seen him in recent years. 0-5 last night. He's This is probably the lowest batting average that he's had. I mean, he's at He's at 253 right now. And just remember, guys, before the DBU series, he was in the 340 range. So he's dropped 90, 90 points in about three weeks. So it, it's a tough go for Gabe right now. Uh, I still think Scott's just going to keep putting him, you know, at the top of, uh, at the top of the lineup. Hey, let me, let me just retract what I said because some of these teams have exponentially jumped. Uh, some of these non-conference teams that we played, even though historically they were good, they their RPIs were low. Let me just go back. So Bama right now is at 68. This is in Warren Nolan. Tulane is probably the lowest right now at 108. Mississippi State, okay, they're 112, but we know they'll they'll move up. But <laughs> Say South that one Al- more time. Say that one more time. 112. <laughs> 112. Okay, move on. South Alabama is at 62. And then Louisiana Lafayette is at 78. So a lot of these teams have moved up, so completely disregard what I said. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, apart from Dallas Baptist, you have that was the only really series that you weren't really in. Um, and that's the number one RPI team in the country. So right. I, I still feel like, though, that, that sometimes the bats aren't clocking in. Um, and But it does seem that this is sort of a lineup that they – they may not get you the first time around or even the second time around, but mid-second time through the order or the third time, they can really start dinging people. I was impressed last night. The The ball that Slade Wilkes hit was an absolute laser, and I think Peyto is, is, is one of the next Peto, big bats yeah. in the next few years. No, I, I think you're right. I think Peyto is a, a real bright spot. Uh, for a long time to come. All right, so the Golden Eagles are on the road. I guess they're probably on the road literally as we speak right now. I'm pretty sure they are. They're going up to Western Kentucky. Uh, not a great facility, not a great atmosphere. It's a tough situation to put them in. But, you know, the good news is the last time they'll ever go to Western Kentucky. And, uh, Kelly, I'm hoping for a sweep. Oh, and, and they love us up at Western Kentucky. <laughs> they, they're very friendly people <laughs> yeah. up there. Very, very friendly. Nice outreach. It, yeah, yeah. It's a game. It's a, it's a series, though. I mean, you know, Patrick talked about it yesterday. We need to sweep this one, guys. I mean, what I said, yeah. I you agree. know, on the road, a, a series win is like a sweep, but their, their RPI is two series. 64, and you don't need to lose up there. No, it, it's just hard. Not. They're nine and eleven right now. Um, they've only played of their twenty games. They've only played seven. Or let me say no. They've only played two inside the top uh, quarter one and quarter two. They played thirteen of their twenty games are against the bottom quarter of RPI teams. So you you really can't afford to to drop up there. All right, transfer portal for basketball. I found this interesting this morning, guys. As of Monday, this was Monday, 481 players in the transfer portal. The article indicated there will be a big surge when the tournament is over because a lot of those kids are playing right now that are going to transfer. They're averaging 50 to 60 players a day entering the transfer portal College athletics, Luke Johnson, as we know it, is just over. I mean, this is just changing the face of everything. Um, yeah, it's it's where you're at. I mean, it, you you can't really do much about it than try to how to navigate through it. And it's you enjoy college basketball, though has has always 
been this way apart from the other sports just because especially for the top rated programs it's just a one and done like it's not like a baseball or football rule that you have to be in school for so long so you know for for top tier programs that have you know find themselves in sweet 16 every year this is a problem that they they've been facing for a long time that they've answered with recruiting it, it's it's programs now in the group of five and who historically aren't in um, you know, the, the, the tournament every year that may have an NIT appearance every five years. This is a new problem for them. Yeah. Um, because you can, can hide a player and you could try to, you know, build around a player. Now you got to have two now or three can. guys that are yeah. all gone. Yeah. Kelly, do we hit the portal hard? Does Jay Ladder, he has to, he has to go hard at the portal. Has to go somewhere. You got to fill that roster hard. out somewhere. And you'd normally think that it would be teams that just aren't very good, but it, two specific examples that are pretty close to home. Coaching changes at Mississippi State and LSU, right? Well, you, now those teams had winning records. LSU was an NCAA tournament team. They've got kids transferring. I mean, entering the transfer portal, not because they weren't any good, but because they might not like the new coach coming in or doesn't see where they fit in the new coach's plans. So off they go. So there's a myriad it's of different so, reasons. Even so this is, different, and and to, to your point, it was Kim Mulkey coming into LSU last year why Joey Lee McNellis got Dom Davis, who was the Conference USA Newcomer of the Year. So, yeah, you never know what kind of turnover you're going to have. And, you know, a guy may look at somewhere and say, hey, you know, I'm going to play every minute of every game there. I'm going to go. Well, that's the story. 50 to 60 players a day. It'll be interesting to see who Jay Ladner reaches out to and – uh you guys brought up an interesting point, too, during the break. Will there be any assistant coaching changes in Southern Miss basketball uh, in the near future? We've got our eyes on all of that, and, of course, we'll try to keep our listeners uh, up to speed on transfer portal information, people that may be coming into the program, coaches that may be coming or leaving. And you know, post- I'll tell you what. Go ahead, Luke. If, if Chet Holgram from, from Gonzaga wants to transfer to Southern Miss, seven-foot, Seven foot six wingspan as they take on Arkansas tonight. I'm all about it, Chet. Come on, come on to Hattiesburg. <laughs> I'm and I love that. the Eagles, but the Cyclones are in the Sweet 16. They play Miami he, he tomorrow. Always drags in Iowa State. Have you noticed that, Luke? One of oh, three such high expectations for the Cyclones. Oh my so many, God! That so and the years. Cincinnati Bengals. One of three schools that has the men and women in the Sweet 16. Brought to you, as always, by DBAT and D1 Training, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. D1 Training on the right, DBAT on the left. Instruction cages, 70-yard indoor workout facility. It's all at DBAT and D1. Hit them up on their website, dbathattiesburg.com. Lady Eagles softball team falls on the road to McNeese by a score of 8-5. to Tried to fight their way back into it. Went down 7 to nothing after the second inning. Scored two runs in the fourth, three in the fifth, but were unable to overcome that early deficit. Commit two errors in the process and drop to 18-12 and on the year as they uh, dropped the 8-5 and contest to 
Uh, McNeese, Destiny Brown, hit her seventh home run of the season. Tata Davis also recorded three hits for the Lady Eagles. They will get ready to take on UAB this weekend at home, Friday, uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. All right, guys, just to recap uh, baseball, where Conference USA teams are, as of right now, four teams in the top 100, Louisiana Tech, course will be the opponent next weekend for the golden eagles they're 29th in the rpi all this warren nolan by the way southern miss second at 37th uab at 89th middle tennessee 97th old dominion kind of surprisingly they're down to 125 utsa 144 charlotte 155 rice 178 marshall 187 fau 197 that's surprising fiu 229 and then Western Kentucky, this is, again, why we need to sweep this weekend at the bottom at 264. That's and, the and RPI standings for conference. Where, where did you say Mississippi State was? I, I think I heard that. Correct. They would be in between Middle Tennessee and Old Dominion <laughs> at 112. Western Kentucky at 240, whatever. I was, I was thinking you were talking about their average attendance, but that's their art. Well, that may be high. Oh. Old Dominion, <laughs> by the way, Old Dominion is 17-2. and two. Yeah. And they are... 125th. And it's because they 11 of their of their 18 or their 19 games are against quad 14. That's why I mean FAU coming in with all due respect to FAU. That's why I wasn't real scared of, of FAU. They hadn't played hardly any games away from home. And some of the games they had played at home were against some of the way northern schools that were lucky just to be outside. Well, they could swing to bat now. I mean they did but but it look Southern Miss is two innings away from sweeping that series. So I yeah. I get it but I, I was I didn't think it would. This is not new news, guys. But I, but I was looking at this this morning, and it really put a smile on my face. I was looking at the 2022 football schedule and how different it is, and how how it's just like a new day. Arkansas State, Louisiana Lafayette, Georgia State, South Alabama here in the Rock. Road games at Troy. You can make that game if you like. Uh, Louisiana Monroe, that's a pretty easy drive. They do play at Texas State and Coastal Carolina. But how refreshing is it to hear these schools as opposed to UTSA and UTEP and FIU? Am am I wrong, guys, or is this just a a breath of fresh air? (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, there it goes. And look, I, w- I was kind of hoping that we'd play Georgia State in the ATL. I like going to Atlanta. You know, ATL. Oh, yeah. is, that, oh, yeah. is that how you and the hip hoppers describe? Well, you know, Atlanta? they're they're coming up with my 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 new rap name, Bob. I think they're yeah. What is they going to be? Way too big. <laughs> yeah. Is, and instead of W A Y, it's going to uh-huh. be W E I G H. I got you. Who y'all way got too tonight? Big. Sweet sixteen, <laughs> Arkansas at Gonzaga. Who you got? Gonzaga. I'm, I'm a Gonzaga man. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Gonzaga guy. Who you got, Kelly? I Gonzaga. The Zags. Michigan and Villanova. Villanova. Michigan's an 11 seed, aren't they? Something yep. like that. I'm going with Michigan on that. Are you really I'm going mm-hmm. Nova? This one could get interesting. Mark Adams, who, by the way, you you remember, he was promoted to head coach. He was actually he interviewed for the Southern Miss job a few years ago. His third seed, Texas Tech, against Coach K, the two seed. Yeah, I think I think the Raiders, I think the Red Raiders win that game. I think Coach do K. You really? I do. I think uh, Coach. They're going to end it for Coach K. I think so. I'm gonna go along with that because I have really no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, it's, go, I, I'm I, I can't go for Duke because I'm a Carolina guy. So Texas Tech. All right, Houston, Arizona, the, the last game tonight. 
I'm going to take Houston in an upset. No, I'm going with Arizona. They're always in the tournament. Houston in the upset. Hmm. Yeah, you were talking earlier. Um, we were talking earlier with, with Mark Carson you know, when he was here in 1990. That 1990 team, Damon Pollard was a starting pitcher, was drafted in the 14th round by the Royals. Kevin Young that he talked about with the Pirates went in the 15th round. Tony Phillips, the former mayor of Petal, Mississippi. I uh, was drafted by the Mets. John Gilligan, a starting pitcher, drafted by the Blue Jays. That was a regional team for Southern Miss in 1990. Hill Denson was the Metro Conference Coach, Coach of, the, of year. the Year. And other guys along the, at, right at that time were Chad Abair, Andy Woodard, who's doing pretty well for himself as a hospital administrator, Mark Kabicki, who we've had on this show, Todd Nace, Hattiesburg businessman, Larry Wesson, Brent Covington, Scotty Jurich. There's some pretty good players back there. Pretty good team. Got, as good as this team is, you know, and it is a different day. You yeah. know, it's with the science Coach now. Nelson, one of the great figures, though, ever in, uh, in college baseball. And if you don't believe it, just ask him. Uh, yeah, he'll tell you. That's exactly <laughs> right. Hey, Jody Lott lets us know Chad Kaye in South Carolina taking on Vandy tonight on ESPN. There we go. It's fun to watch. All right, uh, Luke will be at Wally Forestry in Ellisville tomorrow. Mason Strickland will be our guest, one of the great pitchers uh, in Southern Miss baseball. So we're looking forward to that. We appreciate Mr. Wally having us over. Talk to you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To to the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.